Welcome to the HBW Insight podcast in which myself, David Ridley, Senior Editor, and Tom Gallen, Managing Editor, discuss the week's European consumer healthcare industry news. So, Tom, what have you been writing about this week? So this week I've been having a look at um, Germany's Starder because they announced that they've launched into the US OTC market, which is obviously the world's biggest consumer health market. So it's an interesting development at, at Starder. And they've actually taken one of the brands that they market in the UK under the Nature's Aid brand, Bio360, which is a probiotic, and made that available in the US uh, through um, Amazon. And they've also launched in the market uh, Nueva Calm, I think I'm pronouncing that right, which is another supplement um, which includes products for stress relief and also immune support. Um, And again, you know, along with probiotics, sort of two trending uh, consumer health categories that we've seen um, companies introduce more and more products there over the past uh, 12 months, you know, since the pandemic. The US launch is uh, interesting. We, We kind of had a kind of preview that this would be uh, taking place when I spoke to Starter CEO uh, Peter Goldschmidt last year and he kind of revealed that they were looking at what brands uh, they already had in their portfolio that they could take into the US and he identified you know the digital channel as um, you know important for kind of um, making their first steps into taking the first steps into the market um, so yeah that, that article, which is obviously available on the HPW site now, kind of goes into that in a bit more detail. Um, and I believe you'll be speaking to um, Roger Scarlett-Smith, who's taken on um, additional responsibility for Starters North American operations soon. Isn't that right? Yeah, hopefully next week. And uh, yeah, I'll be asking about um, the US move which is obviously really interesting but also a bit more about those two brands you mentioned because I think Bios 360 is a UK like you say UK brand um, yeah and see whether Nuvia is also going to be marketed in the UK so yeah that should be really interesting and also you wrote something about the awards didn't you about the OTC marketing awards um, which has got a new date yeah, that's right. So we announced this week, as you say, a new date for the awards, uh, along with a new entry deadline. And we revealed a new category, which is a kind of special one off one for uh, 2021. So obviously anyone who um, sort of knows about the awards, attends the awards, will know they usually take place in March. Um, but obviously, you know, given the um, pandemic, that just wasn't possible this year. So we had looked at uh, hosting them in June, but again, we thought it was a bit too early. So we've pushed it back now to the 1st of December um, because we think that might give us the best possibility to celebrate in person, you know, in a safe environment. Um, So along with that, we've pushed back the entry deadline until the 1st of September. 
so we'll be inviting entries for um, you know marketing activity launches etc that took place any time during 2020 and also stretching into the first six months of 2021 so it's kind of going to be a 18 month um, kind of awards a bit of a you know one-off but that's just you know the unprecedented times we're living at the moment isn't it um, yeah I mean it's really difficult to know when to have a face-to-face event and I think the OTC marketing awards is definitely a face-to-face type event isn't it and I think everyone has a really good party so I think the the December date is you know potentially really good because companies might coincide their Christmas you know celebrations with a, a ticket to the OTC marketing awards as well yeah absolutely that that would be great wouldn't it um yeah. so if you, yeah, looking forward to that um in December and as I, as I said you know we've also got a, a kind of special award to recognize uh you know acknowledge what's gone on in the past year or so um and this award is titled um, best COVID-19 initiative by an OTC company which we're introducing to kind of applaud the efforts made by the industry during the pandemic and this will this award will be open to any initiative run by um, an o- British o- OTC player that contributed um, to the UK's fight against the pandemic so uh, we're hoping for some you know good entries here because you know we've I know we've seen um you know companies getting involved with awareness raising campaigns and charitable donations and things like that so i think this is just a good opportunity to to recognize the role that the industry has has played and to celebrate that as well you know along with celebrating you know all the usual marketing achievements uh, that we do at the awards every year yeah i think it would be a really good year for entries i mean we were worried weren't we initially because you know covid big kind of risky uh, disruptive event and maybe marketing spend would be one of the things that companies might look at saving on or um, or holding back but actually we've we've had some really good uh, launches and campaigns haven't we over the last 12 months and more mm. um, and then some you know really interesting trends you know, going back to what you were saying about Starda, probiotics, uh, some really big products like Sanofi's new uh, Busco Biota, Diora Biota, there were two major yeah. kind of entries into that space and more companies are looking at probiotics um, and then immunity related VMS and um, and food supplement products and then also digital health, that was a big year I think yeah, had a, had a couple of really interesting new products like J and J's, Nicorette Smart Track, um, the Quick Mist app supported product, and I did an interview with a couple of senior uh, figures in J and J looking after that brand about that, which you can find on HPW Insight. So um, yeah, I think there's some really strong candidates in there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, on the subject of innovation perhaps um might be a bit early for this to be an entry for this year but i know you've been looking at the latest switch uh, efforts in the uk this week aren't you dave yeah that's right so we've got 
not just one but two uh, companies looking to switch from prescription only to uh, pharmacy status in the UK uh, daily contraceptive pill so I think this has been a long time coming and and uh, there have been a lot of voices calling for this for a while um, and we've got two applications in one from HRA Pharma and one from uh, Maxwellia and the consultation period finished last week so the MHRA I think have around about a month um, to make a final decision and I think both companies are hoping um, that it's going to be approved because like I said I think there's a lot of support for it and um, and yes yeah, so it will have two on the market at the same time so it'll be really interesting I think to see you know what kind of pharmacy protocols and training they'll be supporting those switches if they're approved marketing campaigns as well what kind of price points we're looking at because the prescription only option will still be there you know for women that would prefer to go and, and get a prescription and see the doctor. But, you know, there's just more choice all round then. So, um, yeah, I think watch this space. As soon as we hear more, we'll um, we'll report on that and try and get some also some comments from the companies. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting, like you say, that if, if approved, we'll have kind of a double switch. Um, because, you know, the past switches that we've covered in the UK you know we tend to get um, you know one kind of big brand uh, launching and then they've kind of got the market to themselves for a while you know for example um, the most recent one being Viagra Connect mm. so yeah I just think as you say it might you know how the kind of two brands go head to head will be interesting to see how that, that plays out won't it so I know the other article which you wrote this week, which stood out, which I wanted to uh, ask you about, was your interview with Bayer Consumer Health's sustainability head. Um, and she sort of talked to you about how sustainability, you know, wasn't an independent strategy, standalone strategy for Bayer Consumer Health. It was kind of baked into the whole strategy. You know, sustainability was kind of part of, um, the way they thought about the whole business, which was really interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, so I spoke to Daniela Foster, who's Bayer's uh, public affairs and sustainability leader, I think. And yeah, she's been brought in, I think, especially to drive this aspect of, of Bayer's uh, business, like you say, not just, you know, a, a kind of bolt on uh, strategy in order to you know meet particular goals uh, that, that are now generally expected of, of companies but I think to really put sustainability at the center of everything they do and we've seen this a lot already you know in the during the pandemic and since uh, this year even we've we've published stories on GSK's um, sustainability strategy but also you know that, that they've got a specific strategy for their consumer health business also J&J uh, that came out a lot with the interview around Nicorette and but yeah I think they've, they all bring something slightly unique to it and I think with Bayer you've got this holistic but also measurable um, approach 
so they're, yeah. they're taking the sustainable uh, sustainable development goals but but the, you know this is a huge uh, framework i think there's 27 goals and then each of those has got you know sub goals um, but what they've done is they've they've looked at where their strengths lie you know in their consumer health business for example um, what can they achieve what's what what's what's the biggest impact they can have with their expertise and their um, you know their resources and so so Daniela talked to me about their nutrient gap initiative where they're giving away um, vitamin and mineral supplements to uh, pregnant women in areas of the world where that's most needed um, and that is have that's going to have a really big impact because of you know their expertise in that area but also their capacity to manufacture um, a lot and and then also you know that's how they're looking at it they're just looking at where their strengths lie and uh, and it's really interesting and, and the other aspect of it is that they're they're also like you say baking this into the way that they reward um, growth as well so you know senior management have these objectives in their uh, remuneration packages and uh, their general business targets relate to how far along they are with their sustainability objectives so uh, yeah it's uh, it's really interesting and a model maybe that other companies will look at adapt adopting yeah i mean as you say we've we've seen more and more of the big companies come out now and talk about sustainability and yeah you've done some really good interviews with some of the top players so it'll be interesting to see um how that how you know they've set these targets now how are they going to be able to deliver them and i think you know one of the most interesting um things will will be how they can make um packaging more sustainable i think that's the that's one of the big ones in our area isn't it because yeah. there's a lot of lot of plastic yeah i think you're right tom so i wrote a story about uh sanofi's partnership with terracycle recently and and that because i think this is you know really important area like say with medicines needing to be uh, packaged in in secure and safe uh, packaging which plastic you know supply has supplied that historically uh, and meet those regulations but I think pill packs are one of the biggest contributors to um, you know single-use plastic waste so I think this is going to be a major area um, for companies to kind of innovate their their way through if you like and I think it's enough we've done this partnership with TerraCycle where consumers can return their pill packs to um, participating pharmacies in the UK. But I think the other the other real area that, that is going to be challenging where where companies are going to have to be very innovative is is how they integrate their supply chains into their sustainability strategies because obviously the overall impact of their portfolios is also the ingredients. Um, but also on the other side, you know, like with with the pill packs, what happens to those medicines once they're sold? So yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a much more difficult area to get progress on, I think. Yeah, well, I think there's, you know, obviously scope for a lot more coverage there. So 
yeah, I think our listeners can look out on the HPW website for more developments which we'll be following closely on sustainability. Yeah, definitely. That's all for this week. Tune in next time for more analysis of recent consumer healthcare industry news. Don't forget to sign up for our daily news alert to get the latest HPW Insight story straight into your inbox. Take care. See you next week.